and welcome to Media Mavens. This is episode 37. I'm Pam, and with me, as always, is Riley. Hello. Hi, Riley. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. A little bit tired, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) happy to be recording. It was like three weeks ago that we recorded with Apple Cider, so Mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't talked to you in (laughs) a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while now. So it's just the two of us for this episode, for the first time in a number of episodes, I think. So we're just going to talk about what we've been up to, and then we've got some listener questions for the end. So Riley, what have you been doing? Well, since the last time that we recorded, I was actually away on vacation, so uh, I didn't have a lot of, or I didn't do like a lot of what I usually would be able to do like I had limited internet access and uh wasn't able to play anything so I Uh. I didn't play any games oh no (laughs) uh and like even after getting back uh like I just popped into overwatch to get some loot boxes and then uh didn't actually play (laughs) so it doesn't really count but I did uh so while i was while i was away uh i was uh, able to do some reading which i realized that i haven't really done a lot of in a while so mm-hmm. i actually like zipped through three three books i think uh oh, nice. while i was away and they're all from the same series so <laughs> <laughs> um they're from uh, Rachel Aaron's Heartstriker series, mm-hmm. which is like a f- modern fantasy novel series, and it's uh, it's like uh, got dragons and magic and all this sort of stuff, but like in the world like as we know it now. Okay, kind of like urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah, urban fantasy. Yeah, and it kind of starts out being mostly about like about like this one dragon who i guess his mother and his whole family like don't think he's like a proper dragon because he doesn't care about like getting power or like using other people to get to the top so they're like oh, okay. he doesn't he's not a real dragon like, blah 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 <laughs> so um it kind of focuses on on him for a little while and then it shifts to um one of the other main characters who's a human mage and so the first the dragon is his name is julius Mm -hmm. and then the mage's name her name is marcy marcy yeah Mm -hmm. um and then it kind of focuses on like how how the dragons are integrating now with like the real world and then magic is involved now because for a long time there wasn't any magic in the world and now there is so it's like uh, got lots of like really cool like magic stuff and there's like dragons in it and like <laughs> like ghosts and spirits and all sorts of really cool stuff so uh i really enjoyed those books and the series still isn't finished so i didn't realize this when i started reading it that there is an unwritten like final book <laughs> oh <laughs> I was okay. like god damn it so now i have to wait for a new one uh which i hate doing i prefer to read books like now anyway yeah i prefer to like read them and then have them all be finished so i don't have to wait Mm -hmm. because i know books take a long time to 
get like the next one in a series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also to write, yes. But it Um, does have like an an end point. Yeah, I think so. Like I think the next one is supposed to be the last one. And then it would be five total. Right. So. Yeah. I always prefer those to the fantasy series that sort of just can (laughs) go on forever. Yeah. In theory. <laughs> uh, like, I like when they have a set number of books that they plan to do, even if it takes them a while to get them all out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the only, like, I've read big series, like, big fantasy series before. Like, I've read the Wheel of Time series. I've read um, Terry Goodkind's Sort of Truth series. I read, like, the Game of Thrones books that we have now. Mm-hmm. And then like Harry Potter and like the Dragon Riders of Pern. Like I've read like tons and tons and tons of like big, huge fantasy like epics. So it's nice uh-huh. to have like short little ones. Yeah. Or what is supposed to be a short, short one. <laughs> um, this author though, she actually wrote uh, one of the sci-fi series um, that I really like, which – uh the first one i believe is called fortune's pawn and it's a trilogy and it's like three books just all together and that's it and it reminded me a lot of mass effect in a way oh because it's like same kind of like space stuff and if like if you like mass effect you'll probably like these books i was gonna say i've had that on my like to read oh really wish list for a while yeah (laughs) please read them i love them okay (laughs) yeah her writing is so is like it's so great i just love her (laughs) (laughs) and i also love her books so yeah so i have played a few things since our last one i finished pyre which we talked about a little bit last episode and it was really really good Uh, i ended up putting the difficulty on easy just because i wasn't super good (laughs) at the at the combat which is also what i did with transistor i put the combat Mm. on easy because i wasn't that much of a fan (laughs) of it but narratively it was just great and it um it did a thing sort of about a third of the way through the game that i'm not going to spoil but it sort of like changes the way you start tackling these uh matches that you do so uh it ends up causing you to do some like really difficult decision making and i was like pretty emotional by the end of the game so it's really good i definitely i definitely recommend it to anyone who likes that kind of game although i mean i don't even know what kind of game it is it's like (laughs) basketball visual novel game like (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) i also played a game called little red lie which is another sort of like visual novel interactive fiction and it's by like a local Toronto game developer. Hmm. Uh, And it's about a lot of things. It's sort of about like the lies we tell ourselves and other people about like our financial situation and our feelings and our social lives. And so it sort of takes... 
uh, two different characters. One is named Sarah, who's in her late 30s, and she's been laid off, but she's always had her parents to fall back on, and then she finds out that her parents are broke too. So it's sort of just like how poverty affects people in different ways. Uh, There's also a lot about sort of mental illness in there. And then the other character is this total douchebag named Arthur who has a lot of money, but he's like a, I don't know, like one of those motivational speaker business people who like Mm. tells people how to improve their lives and their business and things, but he doesn't really care about anyone that is coming to him for help. He just wants their money, basically. So it just sort of tells their stories and it's cool the way it it uh it goes because you get dialogue options on how you can respond to things but you no matter what you say it always ends up being a lie in some way and the lies are like highlighted in red so you can sort of read between the lines of like what the characters are actual are actually thinking Hmm. so it was really good it was um uh, the developer has a very, like, straightforward, non-sugar-coated way of saying things. Like, he says some things, like, there's some dialogue in here where it's like, you know, one of those things that you think, but you don't say out loud. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. So, uh, it was really good. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Mm. I also played Tacoma. Yay! I Yay. Play that. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely play it. It's uh, by the makers of Gone Home, and it's a little more involved gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to uh, an abandoned space station, and you're there to like find out what happened and get the AI core. And so you go through, and you can see that these things have been captured in a... Um, I think they call it an AR. So you can see interactions that people in the crew have. But then, like, as people will talk, some people will break off and go this way. So you can, like, go and follow one thread of the conversation. And then you can rewind and go back and follow a different thread. And it's really good. It's, It's the same kind of, like a lot of observational stuff and notes and things that that Gone Home had. So I uh, I really like that as well. Cool. Yeah. What else have you been up to? Well, I uh I watched two uh series on Netflix since I've been back. Um the first one uh so I watched 13 Reasons Why. Uh, and I kind of hated it. Yeah, I I saw you on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I finished it, and uh, at the end of the show, I was just like, I'm so angry right now. Oh. Like I, I've never watched a show and just been like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like this is actually happening? Like I am. I don't know. Um, like I. I don't know. I just it made me so mad. What what about it made um, you mad? I think I think just the way that the story was told. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember seeing all of the criticisms and stuff when it first came out, uh, where it kind of like presents suicide as like 
something you could do to get revenge on people. Right. Um, and, like, for the age group that I feel like it's targeted to, I really, really, like, think that it's super inappropriate. Hmm. Um, the story, like, Hannah's story, she's the girl that uh, commits suicide. You, like, you start the show out already knowing that she's dead. And then you follow one of her friends, uh, like this boy named Clay, as he, like, listens through these tapes that she left behind. Um, and she basically, like, recorded reasons why she killed herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, like, each tape is dedicated to, like, a person. So, like, this stuff happened to me, and it's this is your tape, and you're involved with all of this, so, like, here you go. Um, and, gosh, it was just, like, it was really difficult to watch at some points. There's yeah. several, uh, like, rape scenes, and they actually, like, the end of the show, like, you actually, like, wa- like watch Hannah, like, cut her wrists Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. uh, like, I just, I was, I f- like, I finished it, and then I was, like, looking at my boyfriend, and I was like, this was such a bad, like, why, uh, and then I, I learned that they added some stuff, because I guess it was a book, I didn't realize this, but it was a book first, mm-hmm. and so they added, uh, the fact that, um, I think it's Alex, the blonde kid the super blonde kid yeah the policeman dad um they added the fact that he shot himself so like oh that wasn't in the books that's like a new thing apparently huh and i was like why would you why would you add that to a show that's already pretty heavy with like what the subject matter already is yeah and then the guidance counselor that she went to was basically just like, oh, bad things happen in high school and you should just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have quite the negative reaction that <sighs> you did when I watched it. I I know one of the big complaints is that it sort of glorifies suicide. And I find mm. that, uh, I don't know, I feel like if you get to the end – like it's it's I don't think it does, but if you like just watch some of it, then yeah. I can see how how people would take it that way because of the like revenge fantasy part of it. Mm. I mean, I've never been particularly suicidal, but in like the past, especially, you know, there there is that like fantasy, like what would people do and say if I died? And this is mm. kind of like like presenting that as something that you're actually going to get to experience even though you're dead. Yeah. But I, there is sort of a thing about it where it's like, I don't know, like torture porn, except not physical Uh, torture, like emotional trauma porn kind of. Yeah, yeah. Thing about it. And it's like all about Clay and how Clay feels. It's like, you hear Hannah on the tapes, but like, you see Clay like being upset and like doing all this stuff. I'm like, dude, it's not about you. Yeah, yeah. Although 
the the show also presented it in that way where it's like, oh, Clay's going to have a tape at some point. Yeah. What's the terrible thing he's done? And then yeah. he like spends the whole the whole series wondering how he was involved in this. Yeah. And then it ends up like no, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> so one of the things he says was like uh he like looks at uh Tony Mm-hmm. The guy who's, like, kind of keeping the tapes and making sure everybody listens to them. He kind of looks at him and he's like, did I kill Hannah Baker? And I was like, no. No. And then doesn't Tony even say yeah? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, he did. I'm like, yeah. but no. You yeah. can't, like, you're like, like, oh, God. I was like, no, you can't just, like, tell someone that they did that. Like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, (laughs) I, yeah, there was, like, I think they did some things really well. I think we talked about this a little bit when Zufi was on last. Mm, Yeah, I think so. Like, the the time, sort of, like, the two different timelines, I liked how they sort of put everything together. Uh, The thing that uh, actually made me the most mad was after I finished the show and I found out that there was going to be a season two, which I think is totally, totally unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, because, okay, so with season two, here's what they're going to do. They're going to have, like, a school shooting. Yeah. Which we really don't need to have on, like, on a show at all. Mm-mm. Um, And then finding, and then following the other story for Alex, where Alex had shot himself, like, then we're going to follow that, too. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I just think it's, like, it's enough. <laughs> No more. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was like they should have just kept it as this was Hannah's story and yeah. now it's over. Like, there, I don't. Yeah. Because now it's not about her anymore. Mm-hmm. And like it, it felt a lot like it wasn't really about her until kind of everything kind of got wrapped up. But it was like, it's, I don't know. It just felt like it was more about everybody else, which I guess. Like, you know, it would be because they all had a part in it, apparently. So I, don't, I just, yeah. <laughs> I can like barely, I like after I watched it, I could like barely articulate why I was so angry. Like I just, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> so like, uh. yeah, I feel like I need to like go and like maybe like write down more like, of my thoughts and, like, put them actually into something coherent so I can talk yeah. about it a little better. Because <laughs> it was just, like, oh, like, I still feel, like, so... <sighs> and uh, then, like, on a completely different uh, vibe and uh, theme, <laughs> I watched something else on Netflix. Um, it's, like, a... I haven't finished it. I'm on, like, episode 10 of 12 of this show called Hello My Twenties. And that's the the English uh, translation for the the title, I guess, in Korea. It's called Age of Youth, which... Oh, okay. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of the the brief discussion that we had on Glow with Apple Cider Mm -hmm. um, because the show was about five women that live together in like a shared housing thing and they're all students um and each one of them has uh like a different 
like different backgrounds. They're all they're all super different. Um, like one of them works three part time jobs and goes to school, and she's the oldest of the group. And then the youngest one like just goes to school. That's all she does. And then there's like a middle one who's got like boyfriend troubles, and there's another one who's like really funny but she and like really pretty and can, like just cannot get a boyfriend to save her life and then there's, a, there's another one who uh like has so many like boyfriends and stuff that all of the girls are like so confused as to like how she's keeping up with all of them and it just seems like really real like the the women are all written like you know it's kind of like everyday situations where they're super believable and uh and they're all, and it's all, like, really funny, and there's some subplots that are a little darker, but there's, like, not not the weird dark stuff that I've seen in, in some K-dramas where it's, like, uh, like kidnapping or... Um, one of the other dramas I watched had, like, a bunch of fat jokes in it, which made me really mm. angry. So this one doesn't have any of that. Oh, okay. Um, which is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so far, it's been, like really good and like all of the situations that the girls are in is are like really believable and stuff that I feel like I can relate to like what I went through when I was in school um even though I didn't live with like four other girls <laughs> it's really cute and it's really funny and it's like a nice just a lighter show I think that's on Netflix right now so huh. yeah I've been really enjoying that Nice. Yeah. So I've watched a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> First, I was on a bit of a disaster movie kick, and I watched a Pandemic, which is actually based on the board game. Really? Which, yeah. yeah. And it's like a zombie movie. But a lot of it is in first person, like the actors are wearing GoPros or something. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't very good. And (laughs) then I watched Cave, which is a, I don't know if it's from like Norway or Sweden or something. Uh, And it's about three people, three friends, two of which are a couple who go down like spelunking. And the only reason I watched this was because it looked a lot like The Descent, which Uh, is like an amazing horror movie. (laughs) But Cave wasn't very good. It was Uh. like nothing really happened. It was just like people are the bad ones, not any kind of supernatural or monster kind of thing. (sighs) Well, we know that. <laughs> yeah, we already know that. I didn't. <laughs> people are shitty. We know. <laughs> yeah, people are shitty in caves as well as everywhere else. Yes. <laughs> I watch Snowpiercer. Yeah. Which I I found totally very strange. <laughs> like I I liked the whole train setup. Mm. Except when I thought about it, and I was like, why are you on a train? You have a perpetual motion machine. Why don't you use it for something else? <laughs> it was it was kind of neat. Like, it had some really interesting scenes and some really cool fight scenes. Also, some puzzling scenes, like the one with the fish, where I just had no idea what wow. was going on. Overall, I liked it, but I find that the director, um, Bong Joon-ho who mm-hmm. did 
So yeah, he did Okja. I, I've seen one of his other movies, and it's called The Host. And it's sort of like a monster movie, but it's also very tonally inconsistent. Like, sometimes it's like it's supposed to be a horror movie, and sometimes it looks like almost comedy to the point of spoof. And so, I don't know. Snowpiercer has really made me want to watch Brazil, though, which I think it sort of took a lot of influence from. What's that? Uh, It's another sort of, like, dystopic, somewhat comedic, like, darkly comedic movie by Terry Gilliam from Monty Python. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's sort of, like, a classic but uh, Snowpiercer was, it was interesting. <laughs> I love Snowpiercer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people, it's like got super good reviews. Yeah. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched True Romance, which is, uh, it has Christian Slater in it. And I love Christian Slater. <laughs> like I've loved him since I was a teenager and like still I love 20s Christian Slater. (laughs) Uh, I didn't realize until I was already a little ways into it that Quentin Tarantino actually wrote the script for it. Ah. Although it was directed by, I forget his name now, but the guy who directed Top Gun. So (laughs) That's a a weird combination. Yeah, a little bit of a different (laughs) spin on it, I think. Uh, And it's just about Christian Slater, and he's kind of a loser. He, like works in a comic book store and doesn't have much of a social life and he meets uh, a woman played by Patricia Arquette at like a kung fu movie marathon and they end up falling in love even though she's a call girl uh, Mm. who was actually like paid to go on a date for with him for like as a birthday present from his boss Uh. but then she falls in love with him because of course and they end up Stealing a bunch of rugs from her pimp, and uh, then they're sort of on the run and trying to escape with their lives. And it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, There was a couple parts where I could really tell that Tarantino wrote it. Like, there's this one scene that people talk about, like in all the reviews with Dustin Hopper and um, oh Dennis Hopper, sorry, and. What's his name? The guy who talks funny. <laughs> the more cowbell guy. Oh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a scene with them, and like they're both two good actors, but they just say the N-word a lot and oh. make a lot of fruit metaphors, and it's just like wasn't the highlight of the movie for me, but there's like a ton of really great actors in it and a lot of action scenes. Uh, James Gandolfini is in it and I really like him. He has this very likable quality, even though he's generally playing a terrible, terrible person. Mm-hmm. So uh, I liked it. It was, it was a good, a good sort of action power fantasy type movie. Um, what else? Have you been, did you get caught up on Game of Thrones? Uh, yes, but not the leaked one. (laughs) Okay. Can we talk about Game of Thrones? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched the one that originally leaked, which has now been, like, has now actually aired. I watched it the day before it aired, and 
I guess that was episode five. Uh, like the uh, latest one now? Uh, the yes, one that I would have aired last Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, okay. Where John, uh, John pets the dragon. That one. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching it like on the Saturday and I've never yelled so much <laughs> at the television before. I actually found some of the writing, like the Sansa and Arya um, reunion was kind of bad. I'm mad. I'm mad about that too. <sighs> like, I don't understand why Arya is being yeah awful. I thought, like, book Arya, like, freaking loves Sansa. Yeah. So, like, they've got their differences, but they... Yeah. But they're still, like, sisters who love each other. Like, I yeah. don't know. But now she's like, ooh... My sister's stupid and dumb and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Sansa's so, doing her best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, because I love Sansa now. Me I think too. she's doing so well. So I didn't really like a lot of the writing there, but I loved when Arya and Brienne <gasps> Yes. That, that was, was amazing. So cool. uh, and then the final scene, even though I'm not a Daenerys fan... I was just like, it starts and like the Lannisters are there and they're trying to get their people into the gates and there's all these like weird clouds up above and then the Dothraki army starts going in and uh. I was just sitting there going like, dragons, dragons, dragons. <laughs> and then Bring eventually, the <laughs> yeah. And then eventually the dragon came and I was like yelling at the dragons <laughs> and like I knew I, I couldn't say anything. Um, you know, on Twitter or yeah. anything, because I was watching it before. So I just like ran into the game room and like yelled, "Ah, the dragons <laughs> are setting everyone on fire!" At will, and Finally. he was like, "Oh," and he was like, "I'm playing Overwatch on my mic," and I was like, "Sorry," <laughs> but sorry. Uh, and then I did some more yelling when um, Jamie sees Daenerys on the, <gasps> yeah. on the ground and Tyrion's like run away run away and I'm like kill her kill her <laughs> and then he tries but then the dragon's like no yeah the dragon's like no nah, I don't think so yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's been very exciting was that the last episode I don't think so because because then she lets she lets John go Oh, now? yeah. Yeah. And, like, the last scene of the last one was Sam leaving the tower, I think. Oh, yeah, when we when he ignored Jillian. Oh. <laughs> Dude, like, she, like, made, like, the, like, confirmed everybody's suspicions. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, ugh, I don't care about how many shits this guy's taken. Yeah. I'm like, dude, she's, like, she's telling you everything you need. She's yeah. giving you the ammo. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what will happen when that comes out and Daenerys finds out that she is not the actual rightful yeah. ruler. Boy. Yep. Gosh. Or or I wonder if they'll both like kind of find out at the same time. Like would who cuz if that gets out, then that would be a problem. But if they like kept it secret, because mm-hmm. John doesn't want to be king. No. I don't know. I feel like that's... And then he could... Oh, he could, like, hold that over her so that he gets to stay, like, king in the north or whatever. And yeah. be like, if you don't let me do whatever I want to do up here, 
I'm mm-hmm. going to tell everybody. But it would have to be found out, like, in a specific order. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know. I've been pretty happy with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I have found some of the writing is kind of, eh, but, in, like, the actual scenes and what's happening have been pretty oh. cool. I saw so. one complaint was that, like, everybody important seems like they're invincible. Like, Jamie. I thought for sure he was dead, like, gonna get roasted by the dragon. But mm. then he got saved last minute. Yeah. But I think that we're probably approaching a point where some people are going to die now. Because I think so. what they they just went over the wall, too. Yeah, to go get a, a White Walker to show yeah. Cersei. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think... I mean, what... So there's... Two episodes left, I think. I think there's seven episodes yeah. this season. So, yeah, I'm thinking someone has to die. I'm thinking Cersei's going to die, mm. but I don't know. Like, I hope not. I love her. I love her, too. God. <laughs> Just, like, crush everyone. <laughs> yeah. But I want everyone to crush everyone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of at a point where, like, I don't. Like, just, like, work it out, guys. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want Cersei to live and Jamie, but then I want Tyrion to live and, you know, yeah. John doesn't need to die. Daenerys doesn't need to die, although I don't think she'll ever stop her little crusade. No. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, like, especially the more side characters, well, not side characters even, but, like, Sansa and Arya, even, like, I love Bronn. I love... Yeah. <laughs> um, What's his name? The Onion Knight. Oh, Sir Davos. Yeah, Sir Davos. Uh, What do you think about what's going on with Littlefinger? Like when he was tailing or when Arya was tailing him and then she got found the secret message in the room. And then he Mm -hmm. was like, aha, she found it. And he was just like standing there and like watching. Yeah. Did you see what the note said? Uh, No, just that it was it would have been from Sansa, I think. Yeah. I didn't see what it said, no. Because uh, someone, I don't know, I think on Polygon or something, they actually published oh. the content of the note, and you find out what what the contents of the note is in the next episode. Oh, but okay. I, I don't know, like, he's trying to turn people against each other, but I'm mm. not sure why. Like what's the end goal? What the end that? goal is. Although I'm happy that he's at least doing something sneaky rather than just like staring at Sansa wistfully creepily yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm gosh it's getting pretty exciting <laughs> yay <laughs> other than that i watched the movie the final girls because the last episodes of let's watch two movies were about cabin in the woods and then the final girls, which I hadn't seen before. Mm. So it's about. Have you seen it? Uh, no. It's like a horror comedy about a young woman whose mother was a star because she was in this slasher film where she died, mm. and uh, the mother dies at the beginning of the movie and so it's the daughter sort of still trying to get over it a couple years later and she goes to a screening of the mother's movie with all of her friends and somehow they all end up 
in the movie. So they like oh. see the mother and all the other actors and the movie is basically playing out. So they're trying to find a way to get everyone to survive so that the killer doesn't kill all of them. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really I really liked it. It was like, you know, a comedy horror, but it had a real sort of emotional core to it rather than just relying on scares or comedy so mm. it made it a little bit different especially from cabin in the woods yeah i was gonna uh, say <laughs> like i actually like cabin in the woods a lot mm-hmm. but the on let's watch two movies the criticism was that like it's not a sharp enough satire or a funny enough comedy or a scary enough horror movie <laughs> which i can kind of agree with even though i do even though I do like it and I did enjoy it when I watched it. Yeah. But uh, The Final Girls was really good. <laughs> and then I started rewatching Orphan Black because I had watched a number of seasons before, but I had sort of forgotten where I had left off. So I just decided to watch the whole thing over again. <laughs> and have you seen any Orphan Black? Uh, just like some episodes here and there. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's about... Uh, clones uh, and they're all played by one actress who just does an amazing job Tatiana Maslany I don't know how to say her <laughs> last name but she plays all the clones and she does just does such an amazing job especially like with the main four or so of them uh, just like they all have their very distinct personalities and you can tell who's who just like by looking at them and their hmm. expressions and their mannerisms. And there's a lot of times where, like, it becomes a little bit of a comedy of errors and, like, one clone has to pretend they're the other one. And you can always tell, like, <laughs> which clone is pretending to be who. Like, she just does such an amazing job of giving them a lot of nuance. So uh, I've been enjoying that, too. I think I just got up to where I had left off last time. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, because the, the series just ended. Yeah, I saw, I did see that, and I was like, hmm, now might be a good time to watch, because mm-hmm. there's an end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you been doing anything else? Yeah, the last thing that I've got uh, that we were doing while we were driving uh, to and from Nova Scotia um, was we downloaded uh, a bunch of episodes of My Brother, My Brother and Me, the mm. Um, McElroy Brothers podcast, mm-hmm. and Brian, my boyfriend, had never heard any of their episodes before, so I was like, okay, <laughs> we're going to play so <laughs> So downloaded a bunch of those and listened to those on the way back, and they're just so funny. Like, <laughs> I, like, they're, it's like a comedy podcast um, where they give out advice, uh, mm-hmm. and... They take listener questions, and they also take, like, Yahoo asks from, like, their listeners who send in, like, the best ones or whatever. Um, So they just get, like, a bunch of, like, ridiculous questions. (laughs) And then, like, try to give advice to the people that are asking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's... I don't really know what else to say about my brother, my brother, and me, because that's, like, kind of... That's all it is. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard that either. In fact, I thought they had never heard the McElroy brothers at all. Although apparently Justin McElroy mm. hosts Polygon's Quality Control, which I mm. occasionally listen to. Yeah. But it's not very funny. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this this one is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And like the the McElroy brothers and like and their dad also do the Adventure Zone podcast. Is that like a the D and D podcast? Yeah. 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 So they do that one as well. They have like they do so many podcasts. I don't listen to more than just those two from those guys, but they mm-hmm. do a lot. <laughs> but yeah, and it was it was nice to actually have like somebody else to listen to the podcast with and like laugh along with me because like yeah, you know you like listen by yourself usually and you're just kind of like try- trying not to laugh <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, so it was nice to just like. You know, actual like belly laughs in the car, like mm-hmm. <laughs> while we were driving. So <laughs> that was good. The last couple of things for me, I've been listening to Wolf Three Five Nine, which I think I mentioned before. It's mm. like a radio drama. It starts out, it's three people and an AI who are on a space station that's like doing a scientific mission. And if I had to compare it to anything, it would be uh, Red Dwarf. From which is like a older BBC science fiction comedy show. Mm. It's it's pretty good. The voice acting and the productions are all really good. I did find like throughout the whole thing, it's all from the perspective of Doug Eiffel, who's the communications director, and he's a bit of a um, like he's doesn't take his work super seriously but then the captain of the ship she's you know sort of a stickler for work and then there's like a mad scientist type guy and then the ai and it's funny but then it also had this string going along where it's like something weird is going on all is not as as it appears and i did find it took a little too long for it to sort of get to the point where you find out like for sure something's going on it took till like episode 12 or 13 uh i mean they're only like 20 minute episodes or something so it's not a huge time investment but uh once it hit that point then i found it really sort of took off and got into its stride and became uh really really enjoyable so uh if you like sort of funny space opera stuff uh, Wolf Thry 359 is pretty good. Nice. Um, and then the last thing is that this past weekend, like, 20 people from the Cartridge Club met up. Wow. Uh, people came in from Nova Scotia and, like, Oregon and Iowa, uh, all over the place. So we met up on Saturday. We went to Dave and Buster's and played some arcade games and got some dinner. And then on Sunday, there was like a big game swap. So it was nice. I got to meet a whole bunch of Cartridge Club members who I had previously only talked to on the internet. Aw, yay! Yeah. (laughs) It was good. There's lots of pictures and stuff going around. So... Yeah, I met uh, P1, who was on the show before, and uh, the Q-Dogs, and Musty Hobbit. There was, like, a ton of people, so it was really fun, and uh, nice to see everyone. And that's it for what I've been doing, so we can move on to listener questions. Yeah. You want to start off? Uh, Sure. So the first question is from the aforementioned P1 (laughs) Uh, from the Cartridge Club forums. How long do you think Media Mavens will be on the air for and what would make you walk away from it? 
That's like a buzzkill question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, eh. I mean, like, we'll probably keep going for a while. I don't really yeah. see any, like, current reasons to be stopping. Yeah. Um, as for what would make me stop, maybe if I felt like I didn't have enough time to yeah. dedicate to it properly. Like, I don't know. But... Like, if I started doing, like, extra courses and stuff outside of work, maybe, then mm-hmm. I would be like, I don't know if I've got time. But then I feel like we could just swap to, like, once a month. Yeah. And still be able to to pull that off, so. Yeah, I agree. I don't have any, like, end date in mind. Um, I think, yeah, time would be the only thing. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to edit. But, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it's it's literally once a month. Like, I can... I can <laughs> I can handle it. Uh, but yeah, just, I don't know, not having time or not having things to talk about, which I don't expect would ever happen since I do a lot of media consumption. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll be on air for a while. I think so. Next question is from the Doc Web, who asks, if we have favorite Wildstar memories and when was the last time you <laughs> oh. dipped into that game? Gosh, the last time I played was a while ago now. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time that I played, like, the exact timing of it. I didn't even play after launch. Like, I played the demo or the beta or something yeah. for a couple hours, and that was that was my entire Wildstar <laughs> experience. We, um... Actually, Wildstar is how I know the dock web. Oh. And, like, who else? Zufi and uh, a couple people from the WoW guild that I played on, played in. Like, everybody kind of, uh, like, joined this guild together called Chili and Cornbread. (laughs) And we rolled all our characters on the roleplay server, and we had, like, roleplay forums. And then, like, launch night. Uh, like, Zufi, I think, posted, like, a cornbread recipe, uh, like, before that. So, I made cornbread, and I made chili, and, like, I stayed up till the launch time, and we all got on voice chat, and everybody was, like, uh, like, starting the game all together. hmm So, that was really good. Also, like, <laughs> getting the housing, I think, was really cool, too. Uh, and, like, being able to, like, customize your house and, like, visit everybody's housing plots. Gosh, now I want to go back and play. <laughs> uh, I didn't really like any of the, like, the dungeon and raid content. Like, I preferred, like, the storylines and the quests and everything and all of the single-player stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to have people, like, in the guild and around to to enjoy it all with uh but definitely i think launch night was my favorite for sure that's cool yeah i guess i don't really have a favorite memory i liked the character creation part Mm. which is generally something i like in any kind of game like that although i did find that i picked the species that said that they talked in alliteration all the time and i found that they did not use nearly enough alliteration for my liking (laughs) they didn't (laughs) i also played that one (laughs) yeah 
And, like, Wildstar I wrote, like, a bunch of fanfic for, too, so... I feel like any game that I write fanfic for is, like, at least sort of decent. (laughs) Yeah. All right. The next question is also from the Doc Web. What third and fourth quarter releases are you most excited about this year, being from film, books, TV, games, or anything? Uh, This was one I meant to write things down for, (laughs) but I didn't. (laughs) I have no idea. Like, I don't even know what else is coming out this year. What movies? Oh, 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 oh. What else is that? When does the Thor movie come out? <laughs> this year? I don't know. <laughs> or is it 2018? Because I want to see that so bad. Yeah, the Thor, The I really have liked the um, the trailers. Yeah. yeah, it looks so cool. There's a new one. I haven't seen it, but there's a new one. And it's like, ooh, Doctor Strange has a message or whatever. I'm like, go away, Doctor Strange. <laughs> go away. <laughs> Get out of my Thor movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just want to see like Valkyrie and man, she looks so sweet. Uh, it looks terrifying. That comes out on <laughs> oh September eighth. Oh, uh, I kind of want to see it, but I want to go like with my brother, who's like a huge horror movie buff. Uh, but like, I don't want to go either because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch it. There's also Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, I didn't realize that this is directed by the guy who did Arrival. Oh, really? That makes me feel Hmm. good. Interesting. I'd probably see that. Uh, What else? Oh, there's a new Cloverfield. What? Another sort of like surprise Cloverfield sequel thing. It's called God Particle. Okay. I don't know Uh. anything about it. It's kind of like that last one. What was that one? Ten Cloverfield? Oh, yeah. Oh, and Star Wars. Uh, December oh. 15th. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, and then as far as games go, uh, there's not, I don't think there's a ton. I think we oh, talked about Oh, Destiny 2. I want to play oh. that. Yeah. I want to play Cuphead and Wolfenstein the New Colossus. Mm-hmm. I actually want to play that uh mario rabbits game oh <laughs> which i forget the name of now i think I, that is it is just like mario oh Rabbids. mario rabbits okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't we don't have a switch anymore we traded it oh. but we traded it to our friends miles and Catherine, who live down the street so i told Uh-oh. them i'm going to invite myself to their house so <laughs> i can play Bro. mario yeah. plus rabbits <laughs> Uh, also, there's a gigantic XCOM 2 expansion coming out. Oh. And I think that's actually pretty soon. I think it's by the end of the month. So there's enough. Oh, and the new Don't Nod game. Well, first of all, the new season of, what's it called? Life is Strange is coming out soon. Oh. Uh, but then uh, Don't so Nod is... like conflicted about that because of how... They handled the voice actor situation. Oh yeah, like yeah, it's they not couldn't... Ashley Birch. <laughs> yeah, because of the strike that's happening. Uh, she like consulted on the character, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, at least they brought her in to consult. Like that's yeah, I just oh. that's something. Ugh. I mean, it was a it was a strike thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah. yeah. So, Ugh. I mean, I guess you can't just 
put off the whole game yeah. <laughs> until that happens. Yeah. But um yeah, I guess that's all. I don't know if there's any television that's coming out that I'm particularly uh, excited about. I think did the Defenders just what? yeah just came out, yeah. I don't really I don't know. I'm gonna kinda wait and see what other people say about it and then watch it, I guess. I don't know. I didn't watch yeah. like any of the Iron Fist stuff, so No, me neither. I assume I won't need to to watch Defenders, because I'm mostly just interested in, like, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, so. <laughs> yeah, I've been sort of lukewarm on the whole. <laughs> lukewarm. lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I like Jessica Jones, but I also felt like it went too long. Uh. Like, I, I thought they could have ended it much sooner. Mm. I liked the first half of Luke Cage and not really the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I ever even finished season one of Daredevil. Not because I didn't like it, just like, I I don't know. I didn't like Daredevil. No? No. I was just like, I'm bored. (laughs) Yeah. And then I just haven't heard really anything good about Iron Fist at all. So (laughs) I'm I'm not really... Uh, I don't have a whole lot of buy-in for this yeah. this series, smushing them all together. Yeah. Okay, our next question is also from the Doc <laughs> Web, who has sent most of these questions. <laughs> uh, he said he recently picked up No Man's Sky again, and he's been shocked by how much they have changed it. Mm. Have there been games that have surprised either of you after returning to them with regards to post-launch updates or patches that fundamentally alter gameplay or tone? Mm. I guess, does the World of Warcraft count? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's been like not um when they when they redid uh the whole questing experience i think for this last expansion where it was like you can go anywhere you want like everything levels with you kind of thing i mm-hmm. loved that i thought that was great mm-hmm. um i mean like wow's had so many different things going on with yeah. it that you know <laughs> it's hard to pick out like one thing but that in particular stands out it's like a good thing. I the first thing I thought of was Darkest Dungeon. They initially I found it very difficult. I mean, I still find it very difficult even after a number of patches. But it was very difficult. Like if you lost one of your adventurers who was high level, it took a lot of time and grinding in order to replace them Mm. or get someone else leveled back up again so they did do some patches uh where they added different difficulty levels and where they made it so that uh there's like a caravan that comes that you can recruit new people from and sometimes those people would be higher level rather than starting at one again so i thought that that made darkest dungeon more uh definitely more accessible and less frustrating Mm to play i think another recent one that had some good changes was mass effect Mm. uh like even the changes that happened to uh like the the lighting in the game and like the facial animations like i feel like if they had just had like another month to like really like fine-tune everything because all of the patches came like super quickly where it was Mm -hmm. like we fixed the faces. We fixed the lighting on the eyes so now it doesn't look like they're constantly, like, 
glassy-eyed and whatever. And we fixed, yeah. like, where they look. We fixed, like... Then they... Uh, I think, did they add the jaw romance to the right male writer? I can't remember if they actually did that or not. I think so. They increased the amount yeah. of so, like, male relationships. I don't know. All these things that they just added, uh, like, right after, I think... If they just had, like, another month, <laughs> mm-hmm. it would have been better, but, you know. Like, the, I didn't think I would notice the lighting difference and, like, the difference on the, the faces, but, like, I went and I looked at, like, old pictures, and then I took some new ones at, like, as close to the points where I had taken those screenshots before, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, the difference <laughs> was, like, 100%, like, super noticeable. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, The other one I thought of was The Last of Us, which I guess the content that technically sort of changed my mind about it was uh, DLC. Mm. But originally when I played The Last of Us, it it took a while for it to grow on me. Like I was probably like a third of the way through or maybe even halfway through the game before I really sort of started buying into the characters. Uh, But then after I played the Left Behind DLC, uh, my whole opinion of the game just got better (laughs) because I thought that it was the best part of the game and it uh, made me care about everyone even more. And it just uh, did did all the good things and left out sort of some of the things I didn't enjoy so much about the main game. Mm. Yeah, I'm like... I know they've done so many changes to No Man's Sky, so I'm like, I still have my copy, so I'm like, <laughs> I won't play yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have my copy, but I feel like I could get another one very, for like very ten cheap. bucks. <laughs> yeah, because it. I don't know. I I didn't hate it. No, when me it neither. came out, it was just. I think the fact that they've added some direction to it would definitely yeah make it more like, appealing a whole to me. Single player campaign now. Yeah. Like, I, w- I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, I liked I might. this whole, like, space exploration and getting a spaceship and, like, taking pictures of, like, these weird-ass animals that you find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the Doc Web's last question. <laughs> uh, apart from Media Mavens, which is always absolutely incredible, thank you, uh, what are your favorite podcasts? Do you have any new recommendations? Let's see. If you haven't listened to The Adventure Zone, I would say start with that. Oh my gosh, my stomach just made a crazy noise. (laughs) (laughs) Start with The Adventure Zone. And then uh, if you like weird comedy podcasts, then listen to Mabim Bam. And uh, what else do I listen to? I don't really listen to a lot of other podcasts. Sorry. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I have a few that I like. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that I haven't mentioned. I don't. <laughs> I feel like I've mentioned most of them before, but there's one called Still Processing, mm. which is uh, two culture writers for the New York Times, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris. And it's about a 40 or so minute podcast where they talk about, you know, what's going on in the news and what's going on in pop culture. And they just always have really fantastic, enlightening discussions about things. Uh, They talked about Charlottesville. 
Mm-hmm. Um, on their last episode, they actually came back from their vacations to do an episode about it. They did one about uh, the new Jay-Z album where they had a lot of sort of enlightening things to say that I definitely wouldn't have thought of myself. Uh, there was an episode recently where they sought out authentic barbecue in the United States and like it was like almost a food history kind <laughs> of episode. So that is really, really fantastic. Other than that, I mean, my number one gaming podcast is probably Waypoint right now. Uh, uh, I really liked Idle Weekend, and I don't know if it's still happening because it had Danielle Riendo and Rob Zachney, and now both of them are on Waypoint, uh. and, and there hasn't been a new Idle <laughs> Weekend in a while, so... Uh, Waypoint's great for games discussion. Oh, uh, the Polygon show. Oh, yeah. I like that one, too. It's nice because it's it's all ladies. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, their last episode had a guy on it, but he's cool, so. Unfollowed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Watch Two Movies is, like, my new favorite. It's every... They, they actually only watch one movie per episode, so it's a slightly misleading title, <laughs> but they pick two movies that are thematically similar and do an episode on each of them, and they do some comparing and contrasting, and it's just hilarious. Like, I find myself... I'll, lis- I'll be listening at work or listening as I'm walking down the street, and I'll just be laughing out loud, and everyone will look at me <laughs> like I'm nuts, so... And then another one that I really like, which is a smaller podcast that's uh, actually part of the Cartridge Club, is Flock of Nerds, uh, and that's run by my friends Catherine and Miles and Chris, and it's a monthly podcast, and it's only about an hour long, and they do, it's it's kind of similar to our podcast, like they do a little bit about what they've been up to, and then they have a topic that they discuss, so... I really like it. It's very funny. In the last episode, they went on this giant tangent about Amadeus. Uh, it was. It started out talking about the Overwatch, like World Cup thing, and then somehow went to Amadeus <laughs> wow. because one of them, one of the teams, was just like young and naturally talented, and they're like the upstarts against the Salieri, the Salieri team, who's like. <laughs> worked hard all their life and i don't know i don't even know i don't even think it ever came back to overwatch but it was just really funny uh so yeah those are some podcasts that i recommend so the next question is another one from cartridge brothers and it's when is it appropriate to hug someone at a game convention when you meet when you say goodbye halfway through at the barbecue Ask them first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I uh, I don't mind hugs. Like, okay, so when I first saw this question, I was like, um, you don't, unless they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I, I think, like, when you say goodbye, it depends. Yeah. Maybe, no, okay, when you meet. But then, like... You can read the body language and see if they're going to be cool with that. Also, you can be like, hey, it's so nice to meet you. Can I give you a hug? And then, like, that's all you got to say. Yeah, and I think it it really depends on the person and sort of your relationship with them beforehand. I mean, 
everyone has their own sort of preferences for physical contact. But like, for me personally, if it's like someone I consider a friend, like someone I've talked to a fair amount, like I know some stuff about them, (laughs) their name, like we've sort of talked outside of, you know, just the occasional Twitter interaction, uh, then I think it's appropriate to hug hello, Mm. uh, maybe goodbye as well. Uh, Taking it a little further, like if it's at a game convention and it's just like someone you run into and you like their YouTube videos or you like their Twitch channel, but you've never actually like, uh, they're not your they're not your friend yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're you're a fan then that's then a I no <laughs> that's a no yeah. like ask if you have to but otherwise like no yeah no no hugs mm-hmm. unless they in- initiated i guess yeah so uh yeah but i think it just depends on on the person mm-hmm. like i generally don't initiate hugs but i'm okay with them if i like you <laughs> <laughs> if i like you yeah yeah uh so the last question is from uh deborah budding who's nebula 63 on twitter how do you maintain poise and awesomeness in the context of ongoing shit show around you <laughs> that's a tough one is that like in relation to like what's going on in yeah. america right now i mean i think Canada's so. not uh exempt at all but mm-hmm. uh gosh i've been trying i don't know if this if if poise is the word i would use to describe what i'm about to say but i've been trying to call out people um like people i know mm. on their bullshit more i mean i know one of the things people can do is like talk to their own families when they say or do, you know, yeah. sort of bigoted things. And uh, luckily, I have a very, very small family, and my uh, the times that I would have to do that are pretty few and far between. Mm. But I've been trying to do it with just, like, you know, acquaintances who I talk to on Twitter and things sometimes – yeah, poise is not the word I use. Sometimes <laughs> I just straight up tell them they're assholes. But I try to I've been trying to call out bad behavior a little more. Mm. Uh just, you know, put aside the whole not wanting to make things awkward or not wanting to cause trouble and just be willing to be like, "Hey, what you're saying is wrong." So, mm-hmm. I've been trying to do that as, you know, what little i can do from here in terms of what's going on there yeah um uh i know i can definitely do more like i realized while i was on vacation like um i think that's when like everything really started kind of coming to a head and i was like i couldn't see a lot of it and then i got back and i was like wow i'm overwhelmed and i just went in like looked at something else (laughs) which i have the luxury Mm -hmm. of doing but what i want to do and what i try my best to do is to like especially on twitter is to kind of just like retweet and uh like boost the people that are that are like on the ground doing the difficult work Mm -hmm. and uh doing a lot of listening like i 
think there's a lot of voices that could probably just, you know, take a seat. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and let some other people do the talking. Um, but then also, like, in the, like, what you were saying before, Pam, too, is there are some cases where you could be helping with the education, too, like, and telling people, like, well, you shouldn't really be talking that way or you were like you know supporting something that's not really appropriate um mm -hmm. instead of you know having having one or two people like shoulder all of the work um but i could definitely be doing more for sure i feel like i i'm in a pretty comfortable position that i can just kind of sit back and do nothing if i wanted to but mm -hmm. uh, i wouldn't feel very good about that at all plus I think in terms of, like, taking care of yourself, uh, definitely taking a break from social media just for even, like, a day or so because lately there's just so much going on uh, that it's really, really tough to, like, keep up with everything and, like, be able to parse everything properly. Um, mm -hmm. There's awful, awful videos out there and, uh, like, you know, people that are just doing really shitty things. So it's, like, if you need to you can just turn it all off or like mute a bunch of people mute a bunch of keywords like you know if you're having a a tough time with seeing all of the stuff that's happening you can just like turn it off for a little bit and you shouldn't feel guilty about doing that either because you have to take some time for yourself too yeah 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 i think that's good advice i mean yeah like the same thing we're sort of in a position where like, we literally could just bury our heads in the sand and not really be affected by this, mm -hmm. uh, which is the wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've been trying to just strike a balance between, like, getting mad, yeah. <laughs> telling people I'm mad, sharing information that people might not be aware of or might not even want to see, yeah. uh, calling out bad behavior yeah. when I see it, but then also taking time to just, like snuggle with my dog and post a bunch of pictures of cute animals <laughs> yeah. on Twitter for like a little break from that. All right. So on that happy note, <laughs> that's it for this episode. Um, Riley, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at K-A-L-E-R-I with an underscore and also twitch.com slash Kaleri, it's just K-A-L-E-R-I with no underscore. And you can find me at Josila underscore on Twitter or on YouTube where my channel is called Cannot Be Tamed. And if you have any feedback or questions for us, you can reach out at MediaMavensCast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at underscore MediaMavens. We also have a forum for discussion of any of our episodes at cartridgeclub.org. And if you like the show, please do leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>